What's up? My name is Dwayne Jones. I'm an artist and a designer and the founder of a lifestyle brand called Art Pays Me. And this is the Art Pays Me podcast. I love talking to creative people about their business, their successes, their challenges, and how they make the world a better place with their work. Let's get into it. Uh, welcome to Art Pays Me. We have a special uh, episode today. Gonna came together pretty quickly. Uh, we're going to be talking to a few people who are being a part of Craft Nova Scotia's Winter Craft Show, and uh, we're just going to do some kind of a rapid fire uh, edition of Art Pays Me with with a few creative folks. Um, but uh, I'll I'll let Julie uh, Roswell from Craft Nova Scotia jump in and, and do her thing. Thank you, Dwayne. Um, so as many who listen to Art Pays Me know, uh, Dwayne Jones was a great partner last uh, winter and spring doing a short series of Craft Pays Me podcasts. Um, and when we were looking at ways to get the word out about our winter craft show, which is coming up uh, November 19th to 21st at the Sunnyside Mall in Bedford, um, like all of the shows that we've done this year, uh, they are uh, short turnaround uh, pop-up shows. This one is a little bit bigger, uh, so we're not calling it a pop-up, but technically, you know, we're still, you know, we only had several weeks to plan it, uh, and it's coming together very quickly, so we need to find creative ways to get the word out. So I touched base with Dwayne, and he very generously agreed uh, to sort of be a, a you know a supporter of Craft Nova Scotia uh, and help me put together this very uh, short. And I, I really loved the idea of the rapid fire craft uh, edition of of Art Pays Me. Um, so what we've done is we've gotten some of our new exhibits. Uh, so people who have never showed with Craft Nova Scotia before, many of them have just recently had their work juried, so had their work assessed by our uh, uh, our standards committee, um, and uh, they'll be taking part for the first time November 19th to 21st at Sunnyside Mall for our winter craft show for Craft Nova Scotia. So we're really excited about that. Uh, and so pleased to have your support, Dwayne. Uh, I, I think that just getting the word out in any way we can is really important. And I love the conversations that you had with our craftspeople uh, in 2021. Uh, and so glad that, uh, that you're, uh, you're such a great supporter of craft. All right, thank you, Julie. <laughs> uh, always such a great intro. Uh, so, the way we're going to start this off, uh, I think we're going to start with Adam McNamara of Acadian Mushrooms. So, Adam, what is it that you do? Uh, so, I'm a wood carver based out of Upper Lahave, Nova Scotia. Um, I carve uh, Acadia forest mushroom-inspired creations. So, basically, I, I have uh, a bunch of different exotic-type woods that I carve into sometimes certain species of mushrooms sometimes I carve more whimsical mushrooms or you know I do bookends I do wall hanging pieces standalones so pretty much I do a, a spectrum of things but it all comes back to mushrooms what is it about mushrooms 
Yeah, I, I, that's always a question that I get. Uh, <laughs> obviously, it's kind of like a really odd thing, um, just at face value. But uh, my, I have a background studying mycology. I've always been one to, you know, be in the forest, enjoy the woods, um, and foraging, things like that. So mushrooms have always been super fascinating to me. It's always been a hobby. And so it just became this major inspiration to kind of highlight these creatures that really no one looks at seriously. Right, right. So what um, brought you to Craft Nova Scotia and to want to participate in the Winter Craft Show? Well, what brought me to Craft Nova Scotia was uh, I, I pretty much started this whole endeavor based off of Instagram. Um, and I didn't really uh, know much about the local community. And as soon as I started looking into what organizations existed, Craft Nova Scotia was the first one that popped up to me. Um, a lot of local artisans that I had seen were part of the organization, mentioned it. So I looked more into it. I found out about the markets and the jurying. And the more I looked into it, the more I got excited was to get involved with this community. So uh, the, naturally, after I was juried, I was like, you know, pumped. I have to do a market now, obviously. So um, every minute since I've been juried, I've been working on getting ready for this uh, winter market, and I'm pretty pumped. Right. Well, so what would you say is um, a challenge for you in terms of getting ready for this? Or, or do you have much experience in, in that side of it, like sort of looking at this as a business pursuit? Well, since I've developed most of my business online, I'm pretty comfortable with that. Um, but yeah, the challenge would be pretty much 99% of it. This is all of new to me going into a public place and selling um, myself, um, especially when it comes to a market uh, setting, which is usually I've been in a store or a gallery or online. So this is a completely new environment, but that is the challenge of it is really what has motivated me to to try to go to the next level with not only my work I'm bringing but my my table set up and, and just the whole experience I'm gonna have right are you a Mario Brothers fan oh come on I'm a 90s fan so yes <laughs> yes yes uh so one last question where can people find you online we had a muting issue uh, while Adam was talking. I think I I, I brought up his uh, his Instagram. Uh, so Adam can be found at Acadian Mushrooms on Instagram, uh, and it looks like uh, Adam also can be found at the Dart Gallery in uh, Dartmouth, which is a wonderful gallery in downtown Dartmouth. Um, and uh, I noticed that I've been posting about each of our new exhibitors. Uh, this past week, uh, and Adam has a pretty strong following on Instagram, and I know you, you see it when you look at our follower. You know the people commenting or liking. Uh, you know it. It definitely got a lot of traction when I posted about the mushrooms. So, all right, thank you, Julie. So, Jesse, let's go with Jesse Marshall from uh, Jesse Louise Design. What is it that Jesse Marshall does? Um, I design custom jewelry for clients looking to repurpose heirlooms. Uh, I also work with clients to make engagement and wedding rings. 
Um, I use digital technologies. So I'm a 3D modeler by my profession prior to starting this business. And I find it useful to collaborate with my clients to show them digital renderings and stuff before we start making things with my hands. Oh, that's that's actually really cool. A nice uh, transferable skill there to, to have. Or are you formally trained as a jeweler? Yeah, so um, I went to NASCAD for jewelry design and metalsmithing, and that's what my degree is in. And then I promptly got into a job in fashion jewelry design for Jewel Pop Incorporated, uh, where I spent a couple of years. And uh, I used a lot of 3D modeling there, but I also relied upon like my hand skills and like knowing about technical jewelry processes, but I really missed working with clients and getting to use my hands. So um, when the pandemic happened, um, I was laid off from the job that I had and I used the opportunity to just go for it and start my business. Uh-huh. So it, being an online business, did you find that sort of helped you during the pandemic or, I mean, you weren't really doing it much before. So I guess what's the, the before pandemic, after pandemic sort of picture for you? Um, I don't have a good picture of what it was like before the pandemic in business. It wasn't really in business before the pandemic. Um, I found work through friends and I would design custom stuff for them when they asked me for it. Um, I do find that people are more willing to uh, converse online and I find that that part of it hasn't really been an issue. Mm, right. So in the custom process with jewelry, like, do you, what about that would you, would you find is sort of challenging? I mean, you kind of have a little bit of a superpower with the 3D modeling skill, but I'm most curious, like how uh, that process might work for, as a custom jeweler. Um, I think it, to me, it, it feels like a superpower. Like I get really excited at the prospect of being able to bring exactly what the client is thinking to life. Um, and in that sense, I really take pride in being that versatile. Like if you look at my work, there's a lot of different styles involved and it's because I really try to be a collaborator and to really talk to my client and get their stories and make sure that their hand and vision is like the most visible thing. Um, so, and on the technical side, it's helpful to be able to like 3D print what I'm about to make and uh, see what it looks like with my hands before having it cast and I can make gradual improvements and ensure quality in the finished project. Right, right, cool. So what brought you to Craft Nova Scotia and to the winter show? So I was excited at the prospect of getting to meet people face-to-face. -face. Uh, I don't have a storefront. And so and being able to meet my clients in person and also being able to participate in the Craft Nova Scotia community um, 
benefiting from the advice of other craftspeople, getting to see everyone's booth set up. And, you know, I, I really enjoy that whole market atmosphere. Like I've never been to a market representing myself before, but I have like done so in, in previous job experiences and it's always really enjoyable. Cool. Nice. So how can people find you online and uh, learn a bit more about what you do? So you can find me on Instagram at Jesse Louise Design, or you can find me at my website, jessielouisedesign.ca. All right. Thank you, Jesse. So next up, we've got Jennifer McDonald of uh, Vivid Vision Bags. So Hello. Jennifer, hi. So um, you, you're a... I'm assuming you started this to satisfy a, a bag addiction. <laughs> well, obviously, like any, <laughs> like any, like any girl. Um, yeah, it kind of started just as a hobby for me. I uh, would, I always liked making gifts for people, kind of as presents for different holidays, whatever. And I'm in a dance company as well, another part of my creative side, and I. I'd been sewing a lot because I'd been making costumes for the company and uh, we always kind of had a tradition that we'd give give our dancers gifts, anyone who did our choreography. So one of the gifts I decided to make one year was I'd make them all purses and it, I was just hooked from the first time I made one. I, I started making them from other people's patterns, but then I realized I preferred to design my own works. So. Now I make anything from like structured purses, like doctor's bags, wallets. And and I love working with people and discussing their concepts and their, well, can you do this, but change it a little and make, and I, I just love doing custom stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Do you find yourself keeping all of these patterns so that you can go back and revisit things later? Uh, yes, I I do. I mean, I just keep like, Actually, I make my patterns out of cereal boxes, <laughs> as glamorous as that is. But, you know, I have kids, so there's lots of them around. And so, yeah, yeah, I have a drawer full of my patterns that I go back and forth. And I'm always tweaking and always designing new styles. And I get a lot of feedback from customers. Oh, did you ever think of making this? And so I'm always trying to incorporate new things. Right. So how did your... Um pursuit I guess you want to call it or business right, do you do you consider it a business do you consider it like I always find this interesting to ask this question uh I, it is a business I'm kind of looking towards my retirement career I guess in this I'm actually uh I'm actually a mechanical engineer my day oh. job so so I, it's not a full-time gig for me right now although I do spend a lot of time at it yes <laughs> so, so yeah. yes, I do very much consider it a business and I, I look at it that way from all the planning and the social media and I'm mm -hmm. learning a lot about running a business as I go. So yeah. Did you find a <laughs> shift in in how things are running during the pandemic? Well, <laughs> there's no accounting for timing, but I actually opened, I started on Etsy and I opened my Etsy shop in like January of 2020. <laughs> oh. And I I had just started applying to the spring markets 
and I had actually been accepted to several when the pandemic hit. And so, yeah, I don't, I don't have a good answer to that as for pre-pandemic because I was still more just playing around in my hobby phase than. Uh, mm -hmm. How do you find uh, working with Etsy as a as an online platform? Uh, for me right now, just because I do work full time and I have kids and I, I went with Etsy to start because it was kind of prefabricated, I guess. And uh, I'm always, like I said, growing and developing my business. So I eventually would like to get my own website set up, but there's only so many hours in the day. And so I kind of have to prioritize the things I'm taking on at a time. So mm -hmm. I haven't gotten moved on from there yet so for for what i'm looking for right now etsy's working well for me so yeah i i always wonder about etsy because i've i've dipped and dabbled with it myself but i always had a hard time driving traffic there so yes i mean i guess it depends what your expectations are since it's just uh -huh. a side business for me right now it I'm more in the trying to just get my business out there and grow my customer base. So yeah. I'm not looking for massive sales to put food on the table. So yeah. I can I have the liberty of letting it come a bit more slowly and got you. Got you. So what um brought you to uh this craft show at Craft Nova Scotia in general? Uh well I my sister and I, it was always like a yearly tradition. We'd go to the Christmas oh. craft fair, the designer craft council. And uh, I I always liked the, I, I guess, the caliber of the works that were shown there. I mean, there's a lot of difference between different craft fairs in the city from what I've seen. And I just, I, I felt that the style and price of my work might work well with that particular venue. I mean, it's kind of hit or miss. You try different markets and some work yeah. for you, some don't. And I, 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 although I was kind of like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to be good enough. And I guess everyone has that kind of feeling. And I was just so excited when I got accepted. <laughs> so I'm very much looking forward to it. Nice. Nice. Yeah. That's always, it's always good to get that little bit of uh, outside validation to, to make you realize, Hey, you know, I can do this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So uh, where can people find you online? Well, as I mentioned, I have my Etsy shop. So it's under Vivid Vision Bags. And I also have inst an Instagram at Vivid Vision Bags. So those are the best places to find me. All right. Nice, nice. All right. So uh, thank you very much for that, Jennifer. Uh, next, Funmi Adeniyi. Adeniyi? Am I, am I pronouncing your name correctly? Adeniyi. Oh, yeah. Okay. For me, it's fine. I mean, for so, me, it's easier. All right. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, no. Yeah. So, what do you do? Yeah, um, I'm a fashion. I'm a passionate fashion designer. <laughs> right. Yeah, I create um, pieces. Um, so basically, I am an Afrocentric clothing brand. I create um. For me, I try to bring diversity into the fashion industry. Mm -hmm. I'm originally from Nigeria. And when I came here five years ago, 
I realized that the fashion industry is not as diverse. So I decided to, to kind of um, make pieces in African prints, even though I do make other pieces that are not like, this is not African prints. I make other pieces that is not African print, but that is more of my signature. So people kind of know me with African print. So yeah, my name is for me. My, my business name is Mishnat Fashion. And um, yeah, my brand is an Afrocentric clothing brand where mm -hmm. I infuse African prints into my designs to make contemporary feels. So basically, yeah, that's, that's all about me. And um, yeah, my my business is also pretty new. Yeah, it's, it's nice to see a lot of people here that your business is also like as new as mine. Yeah. Yeah. So, what um, made you feel you wanted to go to the craft show and, and um, do work with Craft Nova Scotia? Yeah, I I was having a pop up at the um, Waterfronts. I think um, sometime probably sometime in um I can't remember right now probably July I think I'm not I remember yeah and there was a there was um Craft Nova Scotia was having a pop-up to some somewhere around so I was opportune to like leave my boots to go see what they are doing and I'm like oh this is the best place for me I feel um <laughs> I feel I feel my craft will be much more appreciated there like um I mean, I, I do go for pop-up right now, different pop-up. And, um, you know, basically, because I I do accessories too, because when you go for pop-up, you kind of want, even though I want people to know my brand, that the whole intent, the whole purpose of me going for pop-up is for people to know more about my brand. I mean, I'm yeah. new. And the only way to get out there is to get involved in the community and do pop-up and all. So... When I go to for pop-up, I kind of create like little pieces like hair bonnet, like scarf, like something like this. I, you know, just something that people can easily buy and um, you know. So when I go for pop-up, those really sell fast and um probably the clothing does not really sell. So I'm like, okay, Craft Nova Scotia is probably the best place because people come in there, they are not coming to buy like accessories. That's my thinking, because they are more of they they know they are coming for craft shows so yeah that's why I decided mm -hmm. to be there. Mm. That's that's an interesting thing yeah. that you brought up. Like uh, I I don't so have the same situation, but I kind of have like my bigger ticket things that I really like to make. But people tend to want other things, so it's like always interesting to find out like what your customers uh, like are going to be introduced to your brand with or, or your, your store, whatever the case may be, and, um, and playing with that. So <laughs> do you um, find that with the custom work you do, uh, how does that work for you? You said what? Oh, you got a bit of a kid there. <laughs> yeah, he's um, telling me to go sleep. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> you say yeah. Sorry, I missed the question. Can you oh, please? Yeah. Yeah, no problem. So, how does the custom uh, process work for you with your clothing? Yeah, basically, for the custom work, I mean, a lot of people, like some of my followers on Instagram, see see my work. And um, so, when they have special events, they kind of reach out to me and, um, you know, 
like tell me what their fashion vision is and I'm able to bring it to life basically. So yeah, that's how it works. They come to me and um, for now, and not just come to me. Okay, so on my website, I also have um, also have a link where people can actually have a consultation with me for custom made. I've made outfit for someone in Toronto and she didn't have to come to me. We just have like a Zoom meeting. Then yeah, she she gave a vision of what she wanted. She sent in a measurement. Yeah, and I I was able to do that. So basically, that is how it works. Right. I see that you work with men. You you think you could uh, uh, no, hook me no, up with no, a suit no. jacket? Yes, oh. I do. I do make jackets too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice, <laughs> so how did that? How would that process? So I would pick out the pattern and then we would talk about the fit and size and all that yes stuff. yeah yeah like i send you the fabric swatches and you yeah. pick the one you want then yeah i get your your measurements and we get it done yeah cool cool so uh where can people find you online yeah i have a website and it's it's um www.mishnatfashion.com and um i also have an instagram page um, which is Mishnat Fashion. I also have a Facebook page, but it's not like I'm more active on my Instagram. Mm-hmm. My Facebook page is also Mishnat Fashion House, and I'm also on Twitter, Mishnat Fashion. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much for me. And thank uh, you so much. Uh, so now, thank next, next we got uh, Peter and Lucy. Is that Wiley or Wild? How do you pronounce that? Wild. Wild. Okay, so you're a couple uh, and, and working together. How's, how's that? <laughs> it's actually pretty good. <laughs> he has patience. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's good. Because, I mean, if, if, you know, couples working together can, can be dicey sometimes. So it, <laughs> as long as each other, you know. The biggest problem we have, our studio is small. So, you know, we have to be careful. We're very strategic how what we have each other doing at once. So, right. yeah. Right, so I, was right, a, right. I was a knife maker for 37 years. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought he was asking something. Yeah, I was no. a knife maker for, for 30 some years and uh, uh, was part of the Canadian Knife Makers Guild and also the metal, uh, Nova Scotia Metal Arts Guild. And uh, I had a shoulder injury, and of course, I made all my leather holsters for my knives. And uh, we decided to focus on the leather side of the business. And uh, we started this in 2019, and just a year before the pandemic. And uh, so the pandemic hit, uh, and uh, we focused on face masks. So we raised 6500 for the food bank. Nice. Uh, so once that settled down, then we uh, focused back on the business. And uh, uh, here we are today. Mm-hmm. So we're made to order uh, leather goods. Cool, cool. I'll, I'll just jump back to the knife making thing a little bit. Do you, do you ever make swords? Um, I started to make one, uh, but I never ever did get it finished. It was a kind of a pet project for myself. Uh, I mainly focused on uh, folding pocket knives. Okay, interesting. Cool, cool. So Lucy, do you get involved in any of the creative stuff as well? I do. Um not as I, I don't do as much as Peter does. Um, he's <laughs> I don't do any tooling on the leather because that's a lot of patience, and I 
have not enough. So, uh, but I do like the color coordinating and, and the and the leather coordinating. And if we do laser uh, engraving, I also help with some of the sewing. So yeah, we're he does a lot more than I do, but I am involved. She's a big uh, part of the design process too. <laughs> Uh-huh. Nice, nice. That's that's a dream, actually. Uh, I'm a little <laughs> jealous. Uh, how did um how did you find like find doing like working this business during the pandemic? Did you already have a website or did you decide to like ramp that up during this process? No, we did have a website and a, a Facebook page and Instagram as well. Uh we were open a year before the pandemic hit. Mm -hmm. Um, we were getting online orders, um, uh, you know, visits to our little studio, um, when the pandemic hit and everything closed down, we decided to close our studio to walk-in customers and, um, Peter likes to keep busy. Uh, he was working from home at the time and I was still working my full-time job. And, uh, because he doesn't like to sit still for too long. Um, he came up with the idea that we should make face masks because that was when they were first coming in to be mandatory um, and just make face masks to give to people that needed them. Because at the time there were so many layoffs and, uh, you know, people were short with money. So the one thing they shouldn't have to pay for was something that was mandatory. So uh, he started making face masks. We made them together whenever I uh, you know, we'd get home from work or had a day off. Uh, we would be in the studio making face masks during the pandemic. Uh, we would still get orders online uh, through texts, through messages, uh, you know, phone calls. Uh, it wasn't busy with the orders, but it sure was busy with the face masks because when people found out we were giving them out for free, we started getting orders for face masks. And all told, I think in four months, uh, we made over 2,500 face masks Whoa. that we gave for free, but uh, people helped donate. People in the community were great. They, they donated materials. Uh, you know, when we would start running low on materials, someone would drop something off and uh, people just wanted to give money as a donation if, for us to buy supplies, but uh, more money came in than supplies were needed. So we just started donating our money to the food bank because again, people were out of work and uh, ended up raising over 6,000 for the food bank. And that was just in four or five months. And uh, eventually after four or five months, we decided it was time to start opening the leather shop again and start doing orders because we had kind of put them on the sidelines even though we were still getting orders. And it, it for us, uh, as, as bad as the pandemic was and still is ongoing, um, it kind of, to us, it was, it was almost a blessing because I think it made people realize that they should really start, you know, looking in their own backyard when they want to purchase something, start buying local, uh, you know, supporting local businesses. So for us, it was kind of, uh, you know, it was a helpful hand, really. It, it got our name out there. People started calling, people started, you know, going to our website, coming to our face page. So it, it, it as bad as it was it wasn't bad like you know mm -hmm. yeah i i was I, I keep asking that question because i've seen a trend with that as well similar mm -hmm. to my business as well it's like 
people start to look at their neighbors and say, hey, what do you have and what can we do? What can we collaborate with? How can we work together or help each other or, or buy from exactly. each other? So yeah. uh, it, it, that if, if there's a silver lining that that will be one of them, I would say for sure. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Uh, like, so when you're, did you find um, any challenges with your supply chain in general? With like during this process, not for the leather business. Um, we try to keep stuff ahead in stock, and as we start getting low, we would order. Uh, mm. We were fortunate that never, we never really run low on on stock that we couldn't actually make things. Yeah. Mm. So that was you no know, a blessing. So uh, yeah, no, everything things are smooth that way for us. There were some delays, like you know, we would order something and it should have been here in the week and it didn't come for like three weeks but yeah. uh but no shortages or, or uh, no huge delays yeah, nothing that affected business yeah right right did have you had experience uh doing um shows like the winter uh craft show before <laughs> yeah yeah well when i was in the uh, uh when i was a knife maker i did shows in in toronto florida uh Broadway in, in New York, we uh, did a show there for over 10 years. And that was like the pinnacle of my career, really. It was it was really something to experience. Uh, and we've, we've done a lot of like small craft shows. And uh, when I was with the Metal Arts Guild, uh, you know, they had a lot of competitions and at the Mirror Black Gallery. And yeah, it was, uh, I learned a lot from, you know, that type of experience. And that's why, uh, uh, I thought it was a good idea to join Craft uh, Nova Scotia. Like we're really excited to be part of this. It's, it's huge potential to expand our business and our brand. And uh, they're, from what I see so far, they're they're extremely professional, and uh, we feel very fortunate to be a part of it. And it's wonderful. I mean, like uh, you know, we can go to pop-ups or we could go to other craft shows, uh, but with the Nova Scotia Craft Council. When people hear it's a Nova Scotia Craft Council pop-up, they know that when they're walking into that craft show, they're going to find quality crafts. Like, you know, and and that's that's huge. That's great for anybody's brand, for all of the crafters. Mm, yeah, it's a stamp of approval um, mm -hmm. built in. Nice. Exactly. Cool. So where can people find you online? Uh, they can find us on Facebook at Loopy Leather, uh, capital L, small U, capital P, small E. Um, they can find us on Instagram at Loopy Leather. And uh, our webpage is www.loopyleather.com. Nice. Uh, what's the significance of uh, Loopy? Where, where'd that came from? Come from. <laughs> <laughs> so L-U is the first two initials of my name for Lucy. And okay. P.E., oh, uh, Peter's first two initials, Loopy. It, it started as a joke uh, <laughs> when we said we were going to name it that. It, it was, it, we we joked about it. It was it was an ongoing joke for about a year. And then we finally said, you know what? It, it's cute and it sounds cute. So let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, thank you very much. So uh, good luck uh, this in, in for the show. And um Julie, I think I'll hand it off to you if you uh, have anything you want to add. 
Absolutely. Uh, a couple of things. First of all, we do have two other um, new exhibitors who we, we decided we had to sort of cut it at five for this little, uh, for our, our rapid fire craft uh, uh, podcast, but uh, Cool Hand Nukes, uh, which is Amy, uh, who makes these wonderful fabric um, bowl holders. So you, she found that uh, quite often you'll, you know, people will burn themselves when they're bringing something out of the microwave, let's say, um, particularly people who have medical conditions where maybe they can't feel uh, as as readily. Um, so she creates these wonderful things and she also works with the community. So she hires people to uh, to sew these, uh, these bowl warmers or bowl cozies um, and works with charities as well. Um, and Peter at Eastwood Ceramics uh, is another new exhibitor. Uh, and Eastwood Ceramics uh, has been doing great work. They, they uh, uh, you know, I know they certainly work with the craft community uh, to to get the word out about other craftspeople as well. So they're first timers. Um, so we're very excited to finally. So we haven't had a, you know, this isn't a giant show, but it's a it's a bigger show than we've had since November of 2019. Um, and we're going to be at Sunnyside Mall November 19th to the 21st. Uh, the mall hours. Uh, one thing I have been uh, very careful, I need to make sure to tell people that the parking at Sunnyside, there's three places you can park. Uh, the main parking lot, underground parking, and up above the building. So I, I, every time I talk about this from this point forward, you're going to hear, hear me on repeat talking about that. Um, and we're so thrilled to have all these new exhibitors and many of our longtime members uh, as part of the winter show. Uh, and we will hope everybody will follow us on Craft Nova Scotia on all social media uh, and keep an eye out for things because we'll be posting about all our exhibitors. And we can't thank you enough, Dwayne, for being such a strong supporter of Craft Nova Scotia with our past Craft Pays Me series last year uh, and with this, uh, with this rapid fire session with our new exhibitors uh, and I'm sure many future collaborations. Great, great. Thank you, Julie. And thank you all for jumping onto Art Pays Me. It's been great getting to know you all individually and I'm looking forward to seeing what you put out in the future. And uh, good luck in the, the show. Thank you. All Thank right. you. Thanks. Bye. Thank you. All right. Bye. Thank you, everybody. That was that was great. And thank you. Thank Dwayne. you. Thank you for listening to Art Page. Me. Thank you to Langy Beats for the theme music. You can find more of his music on YouTube. If you got anything out of this, please rate, review, or leave a comment on whatever platform you're listening. You can find out more about Art Pays Me at artpaysme.com, or you can hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Clubhouse. I'm at Art Pays Me on all of those platforms. With that, we're out. Peace.